Welcome to The Kingdom is for Everyone. This is your host, Matthew Hester, and this is the place to discuss all things righteousness, peace, and joy. I want to take just a moment to thank our Hester Ministries monthly supporters. You help make this podcast a reality, as well as the many things we do for the sake of the gospel around the world. We cannot thank you enough. If you'd like information on how to become a ministry supporter, please go to our website at hesterministries.org partner to find out more information. Also, we would like to ask you to like and share this podcast. Please leave a five-star review so that we can get in front of as many people as possible. Uh, we also invite you to become a podcast supporter. If you don't want to be a, a ministry partner, but perhaps you're just like, man, I really enjoy this podcast weekly. Uh, and I do believe we have support levels there as low as 99 cent for a month. Uh, every bit helps. Uh, go to the homepage for this podcast. Go to anchor.fm slash the kingdom for everyone. That's the number four to find out more information. We also continue to invite you to click on that message tab, leave us a voice message or a question that we would love to feature on an upcoming episode of our podcast. Here at The Kingdom is for Everyone, we want you to be more than an audience. We want you to be a participant. Uh, I want to go ahead and jump right into episode 55, and this is probably going to end up being a two-parter, and we're going to be looking at intimacy with God. This is a question that I believe has been on the hearts of many for for a long time. You know, in my own personal experience, uh, I would say um, really heard a lot about this verbiage back in the 90s and and thereon, and I'm sure it was was there beforehand, but just from my own personal experience. Uh, And then in the 90s, I'm coming into my adolescence, my teenager, uh, in church, in ministry. Uh, And so, but I I was actually posed this question recently, and I thought, you know what, we need to lean into that some more, because we were talking about intimacy with God, and and what does that look like? And and kind of the framework for the thought was posed you know, intimacy between people, right? There, there are certain expectations. There are certain um, patterns, uh, certainly, uh, that that we can observe. So, how 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 does intimacy with God work? Is that it? Certainly, can't just be a, a mental thing. Um, I know we talk about spiritual connection, but if we're if we're not careful, that becomes an ethereal plain, right? It's 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 uh, not something that we can necessarily readily identify with. And so kind of thinking about the practicality of it, and as I pondered that and and meditated on it, I began to respond and I said, you know, that's certainly a it's a layered thing because you can't legislate intimacy, right? Because then it's become methodology and then then that's devoid of what true intimacy is. Intimacy is is wild in nature and very individual, right? Um, and so I, I want to make sure that when I'm kind of giving truth or, or, or releasing some ideas like this, that it doesn't turn into necessarily methodology, because um, what works for one may not necessarily work for the other. But I was thinking about on God's part, right? On God's part. And and again, please indulge me. I'm not pretending to just speak for the mind of God. But um, I, what I really felt impressed in the Spirit was, well, on God's part, intimacy looks like incarnation. Intimacy with God on His part. For humanity, we see it most clearly displayed as incarnation. And so that's what I'm going to talk about. Episode 55, Intimacy with God, uh, Incarnation. And uh, incarnation is just a nickel word, you know, it's uh, God in the flesh. And so we can peel away any mystery on, well, you know, Matthew's going down these deep rabbit holes. Well, incarnation has has pretty much been a, 
one of the primary uh, points of of theological examination for for two millennia, and I and it will certainly continue on uh, because it's it's so much of the beauty of 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 what God did in choosing to become one of us. And you know, I, I'm sure I've mentioned some of this in some of our earlier episodes, but I just really wanted to focus in and lean into this for this episode, and likely uh, we'll, we'll do another part on this for next week. But when, So I just want to remind you, first of all, so when Jesus, when he became man, he did not, he didn't try, just try humanity on for size. You know, I'll, I'll see how this goes. Let's see what's up. Uh, and so it wasn't just something that that the Godhead or Jesus would wear for 33 years and then put back in the closet, you know, get, gets back up into heaven and says, okay, dad, this, those humans are nuts. And I don't know what we were thinking. Um, that that's not actually what happened because so incarnation, Jesus becoming one of us, that was a, that was a forever joining a forever encounter. So, so right now, Jesus is now and forever one of us, bone of our bone, flesh of our flesh, man, a human being. And again, Jesus' experience, it wasn't just an episode in the eternal life of God, you know, season four, uh, episode 33. No, it's a permanent mark and reality, not just for humanity, but it's also a permanent mark for Trinity. Um, because both, right? So humanity marked the Godhead, and Godhead marked the humanity f- forever. And so Jesus is right now seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. You find that in Ephesians, inside the circle dance, and he's both fully God and fully man. And so, in other words, the okay before incarnation, Trinity was a divine dance, but after incarnation. The triune life is a divine human dance. So God and man partners in the dance. Okay. And and this really, I mean, this is, I would say, the ultimate and most intimate way that God could ever reach us. And and man, reach us. (laughs) They did forever, right? Forever changed. Um, And so, again, we'll just keep talking through this. The, The incarnation is Jesus the beloved son living out his sonship his fellowship with the father as a human being in other words god i mean truly learning how to be human and jesus wasn't simply being god as part of human existence he was god inside human existence inside human flesh right and, and so uh, god didn't simply create the heavens and the earth it was father son and holy spirit working within creation so um, what do I mean by that? So we step back for a minute. We think of God as um, maybe like a heavenly Geppetto, right? And then, so his creation is is like Pinocchio, as it were. And so when it's done, it's done. But actually, um, God continues to work through creation at, as creation. So he's both creator and, to a, to a degree, joined to creation, right? And, and I'm not I'm not saying that all, I'm not saying all things are God. I'm not saying that your your headboard, you know, made out of wood is God. Um, I, I'm saying that it's it does certainly bear the mark of God, but more specifically humanity, because God did not come to, to be a tree. He came to be one of us. Uh, and so there is this 
uh, connection there, and God continues to this day to work within creation, through creation, for creation, right? Uh, John 1.14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and that's, you know, again, talking about Jesus, you read John 1.1, that is the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, you keep reading those verses, the Word became flesh. So the Word is talking about an eternal Word, the final Word. Jesus, okay? And, and, and that verse continues, We have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so John, I believe he's wanting us to, to have this understanding of, of the humility and love of God. Jesus was absolutely the glory of God on full display, but him becoming flesh was also, it's the essence of atonement. That's, that's it. I mean, and so John keeps going, and he keeps communicating. Jesus didn't nearly become human; he became flesh. And why I find that extremely interesting, because for John to use the word "flesh," it's a loaded word. Because um, when the Bible speaks of humanity in darkness, it in rebellion, in corruption, right, in perversion, in chaos, the word "flesh" is used. And uh, and so you know, I, I pondered that, and I was thinking, you know, was I mean. Could Jesus have just come at a, at a better time, right? Uh, and what time would you think would be better? I'm talking about for the first time. What would be the best time? Um, because when he came, it was a time of great violence. You know, the average life expectancy was low. You had famine, um, disease, pestilence. I mean, Roman oppression, political oppression. Uh, I mean, religious oppression. So, I mean, there's, there's lots of things going on. And so um, God decides just to come right in the middle of our mess. And, and really, it, it reflects every mess. And he touches us precisely where we are. I, you know, what if he came like in the Garden of Eden, right, before Adam and Eve? Well, well what would the point have been? Because he would have come into a perfect environment, uh, paradise, you know, idyllic garden, uh, reality, no, he, he, he knew, I've got to come into the mess, because if I'm going to be able to touch everyone, well, then that's just how it's got to work. And so, you know, I say it this way, he came in, in such a way that he could touch the least of us and the worst of us, and in doing so, could impact all of us. Uh, and so, again, um, that word flesh is, is so interesting, you know. When Jesus comes into the flesh of humanity, he comes into human corruption, distortion, brokenness, throw your word out there, hopelessness, disease, chaos, and he enters into the only human existence he could, and that existence is fallen humanity. So there is hope for us all, right? Uh, you're like, man, God, I don't know how you can use me. I'm a mess. And he's like, well, that's what I've got to work with. So you you are in luck, son. You are in luck, daughter. Um, I do really well with messes. Um, I love this quote by T.F. Torrance, perhaps the most fundamental truth which we have to learn in the Christian church, or rather relearn since we have suppressed it, is that the incarnation was the coming of God to save us in the heart of our fallen and depraved humanity. That is to say, the incarnation is to be understood as the coming of God to take upon himself our fallen human nature, our actual human existence laden with sin and guilt, our humanity diseased in mind and soul in its estrangement or alienation from the Creator. So again, the picture being painted is uh, this was not nearly as romantic maybe as we have imagined it. Uh, God literally came and put us on. 
uh, which is um, which is which is amazing to think about. And now, now again, that doesn't mean Jesus sinned. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is it means that he truly came into our situation. Okay, uh, he wasn't content to observe creation from a distance. Uh, he desired to become as intimately involved as possible. Again, that's that's what this episode's about: intimacy with God, incarnation, uh, and this is. This is intimacy playing out on God's part. Um, and so, uh, you know, he, Jesus, okay, the Father, God, Trinity, perichoresis, all these interchangeable terms become one of us. This is beautifully significant because it speaks to the power of the life and ministry of Jesus. He was in the middle of our dysfunction but never gave up fellowship with his Father. So he walked fully in the flesh, but think about it, never gave up his union with the Spirit. The, I mean, the work of the cross is the greatest paradox of all time. In Jesus, a union is forged between two things that just don't go together. On one side, you have the triune God full of joy, love, grace, purity, righteousness. On the other side, you have the human experience full of corruption, fear, pain, brokenness, disease, perversion. The incarnation, it means that these two worlds are forever united. And uh, that is profound. It's humbling for us to think about and consider. Uh, and, and, and again, it ministers hope to me. I pray that it does the same for you. Um, I, want, I want to back up and just think about that for a minute. A union is forced between two things that don't go together. So that means that God in the joining, so as the object of greatest mass, which is the Father, I know that sounds like a very, a very um, uh, antiseptic type way to to to, to reference the, the dance, but the object of greatest mass, he moves towards us. So it's his it's his deciding. He literally he made the decision. So you don't need to make it. You don't even have to feel the pressure of making it. Well, I joined to God. Well, just consider he already made the choice to join to you. Um, and that was with all the hangups, you know, that you're a mess, you know, that you're, um, you know, maybe borderline nuts, but now uh, Hey, I'm joining to you. Uh, and then we allow that to begin to play out in our lives. That is intimacy. Uh, and so I just want to encourage you in that, you know, second Corinthians five twenty one. for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Uh, and then I love this. So again, oh, so right there, just for a moment, um, that unfair exchange, right? You, you can't even use fairness. You can never, if you ever bring scales, I, and I just indulge me here. I, you bring scales in the presence of God. He looks at them like, what, what, like, what are these for? I don't, I don't use scales because, um, yeah, I, I love too much. And so scales don't work for me. So second Corinthians five twenty one. So he didn't know sin, but he became it. So you can be righteous. Okay, that, that works for me. Well, God, what about the scales? Well, <laughs> that, that's it. That's how they work. I'll take all your bad, you take all my good. And I say, well done, right? Uh, Hebrews 4.15, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize in our weaknesses, but one who in every aspect was tempted as we are yet without sin. Um, I like to, to, to kind of summarize it this way. Uh, Jesus showed us how to be authentically human, that it's possible to still walk through life 
and not lay down your sonship. Walk through life and not lay down your fellowship with the Father. Not lay down your union with the Spirit. And we know it's possible because he He patterned that for us. He's not going to do anything that, uh, he's not going to ask us to do anything that he himself uh, doesn't first model for us to do. So we know that it is a reality for us as well. So Jesus brought all of God into a head-on encounter with all of man. Jesus stood in Adam's shoes, and he refused to be Adam. I love that. Um, so let's see. Okay, how do we how do we land this? Because I'm I'm thinking now we're kind of we're kind of waist deep in this. Um, Jesus. Okay, we, we talk about how he grew in, in stature and in favor. Luke 2.52, um, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And that word um, for grew, where it says Jesus grew, uh, is, is the Greek, you know, prokopto. It means to go forward, to make progress, to forge ahead. Um, it's, it's a term common with blacksmiths. So Jesus grew or was forged during his life in wisdom and stature with God and man. And this is what it looks like for the beauty of the triune God to meet humanity head on. There is fire. There is war in our flesh. Inside Adam's skin, Jesus beat his way forward by blows. Again, that imagery of the, the blacksmith with the, the, uh, the, the, the hammer on the anvil, you know, um, it doesn't mean when I say war and and fighting, it's not that God is fighting with us. There, he, God has no enemies, but the, it's this internal fight. Um, we we each have felt it. You felt it. I know. I have many times, where you can feel uh, the nature of the Lord, the nature of Jesus, trying to fight His way out uh, through our issues, through our our human experiences, through our skin, as it were. Um, and so, again, Jesus entered into fallen humanity but refused to be fallen. I love that thought. Um, and so he, he transforms the fallen humanity he assumed from Adam's sin-gnarled family tree. And, and this is, so this is Jesus. This is living atonement. This is the ministry of reconciliation. And by the way, it's, it's the ministry that we are invited to. You know, when we're told that, um, you know, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, which again is super problematic for how how often uh, times uh, Easter is presented that you've got a retributive, vengeful God who uh, kills His Son. You know, and we're we're okay with that. Um, no, it's that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. But then we're told that we are now ministers of the same gospel, the same message of reconciliation. Uh, and so, uh, as we have been reconciled, so we reconcile to the world and. So, okay, I, I, I can't go into all that because we're going to go way off track and, and um, we're already here uh, running long on time. Uh, so I just want to encourage you, what does intimacy with God look like? So first, we had, I did this intentionally. We addressed intimacy on his part is what? Forever joining to us. Uh, two things that don't even go together. I want you for myself. I am life, light, and love. And, and I, want, I want you to have it in such a way that I will join to darkness. I'll join to anger and despair and chaos. I'll, I'll join to suffering and become, become suffering um, so that you can understand what this love is all about. I, I can't fathom uh, greater intimacy on the part of God than what he's already done. And so for our next episode next week, we'll kind of look at some some ways that we recognize and participate with that intimacy. Because it's not a one-way street. Uh, intimacy is, um, there's an exchange there. 
reciprocation, right? And so we'll talk about that some more um, for next week. So hopefully this uh, has has helped out a little bit, encouraged you, if nothing else. Uh, thank you so much for uh, letting me be a part of your life on Tuesdays or whenever you listen to these podcast episodes. Uh, please do like and share this podcast. Leave a five-star review. Check out our websites, uh, hesterministries.org. Um, we've got a lot of travel going on uh, at the release of this episode, which is towards the end of August, uh, I, uh, 2023. Uh, I'll be in Nicaragua shortly in September. Megan and I will be back up in New York, up at Long Island, uh, Sound of Heaven Church, Pastors Johnny and Rachel Ova. Uh, we'd love to see you if you're nearby. Uh, come and hug our necks and, and just tell us, hey, we love you and we're thinking about you and we, we listen to you and receive from you. That would make our day. Uh, go to presenttruthacademy.org. We've got a brand new study track coming up, launching just a few weeks on September the 11th, 2023, The God Who Looks Like Jesus, a 10-week study on cruciform theology. You do not want to miss that. It will change your life. I guarantee it. Um, so yeah. All right. Well, you guys have an amazing week, and I cannot wait to follow this up with part two uh, in this train of thought on intimacy with God. Uh, and so we'll look at uh, kind of our response, as it were. All right. God bless you. Uh, I want to sign off the way that we do here at The Kingdom is for Everyone. If the kingdom isn't for everyone, well, then it's not for anyone. God bless you.